up everyone you are now listening to another episode of full drop podcast a podcast where i your host give you the drop on everything local and abroad where that sneakers clothing music and much much more oftentimes we find ourselves cooped in in our bubble not letting anything inside the same old routine just the same everything really there's been multiple times where i just woke up and just like damn like i really have to do this again and just over and over and then sometimes we don't even realize it we don't realize that we're just kind of transforming our bodies into a robot like think about it this whole week have you just been getting up and just doing the same old thing we don't really realize how often times we kind of push out that creativity that just urge to create something new and follow our dreams and i think that's a huge huge issue that we can all agree on that everyone should be able to do you know like we should be able to create we should be able to go out there and follow our dreams we truly don't realize how often so many opportunities are missed how many you know just new things we didn't create because of that what if we thought outside of it what if we allowed other ideas to flow and create what more can be achieved our next guest is someone who broke out and did just that not letting anything stop him from creating. When I first saw him creating, I thought to myself, wow, that is truly amazing. And I knew I had to learn more about him and his artwork. On this episode, he talks to us about his life growing up, his biggest struggles, where and how his name came about, and honestly, just much more. Please welcome our next guest at this time, Rotten Yellow. All right, guys, so we are here with our very special guest at this time. Please introduce yourself. Who do we have here today? Rotten Yellow. Rotten Yellow. All right, so um, first thing I want to, uh, of course, ask is why the name Rotten Yellow? Um, it's, coincidentally, it's the name of a Pig Destroyer song. Yeah. Um, which is just a badass band. If, you, if mm-hmm. you've never listened to it, shout out to that band and all its success. Um, the new album's absolutely amazing. Um, the name actually came about before I even heard of that song title. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of has a lot of different meanings for me. Um, when I used to work at Southridge Mall selling shoes, mm-hmm. um, there they used to bring in these. Uh, it was like a, a bus of handicapped kids, and mm-hmm. they would kind of like mall walk yeah. and stuff like that. And I befriended one of them, and he always asked for, like, a Bruce Springsteen CD from me because we always talked about music and stuff, and I ended up making one for him. Well, he had a friend that ended up that he would be inclined to want to, like, bite his hand a lot. It was, mm-hmm. like, really, really loud noises. Like, you could not mistake it. This was at the point where, like, Southridge Mall was dead. Yeah. Um, it, it's been revived a little bit more. Um, there was nothing going on. I was mm-hmm. working open to close. had a kid. Um, 
very young and uh, working seven days a week. And I remember this guy and his arm just being like this jaundiced, rotten yellow color. And mm-hmm. like it would just kind of like in a sickening way. Like yeah. I just remember it just stuck with me. I had a couple dreams about the dude. Nothing weird or anything. <laughs> it was just kind of like, it was just really, really weird. Yeah. And then and maybe it was just kind of one of those things at the same time I was listening to an, another band I like called The Red Chord. And they have this album called Clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of my favorite bands. It's just one of those bands that as soon as I threw the headphones on and track one started playing, it just freaked me out. Yeah. But like in a good way. I was like, it, it captivated me in a certain mm-hmm. way. And they too wrote songs about uh, psychiatric ward patients and stuff like that. And kind of, you could take it into your own context. Yeah. Um, so like then when I started painting and stuff, I wanted things to kind of look gross. So mm-hmm. then I adapted putting coffee into my stuff. Yeah. Um, I would just take like coffee ground just to kind of taint the colors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people would just start saying like, yeah, it's got that nasty rotten yellow. And then it just stuck, stuck from that. Wow. But before that, uh, I had different pseudonyms that I used just for the sake that it kind of told a different circuit of me because mm-hmm. like when I reflected back on pieces that I've done before, mm-hmm. I could tell based on the way I signed it, okay, I did it then, I yeah. did this then. Oh, that was during that time when I was really big into that. So for mm-hmm. me, it's kind of beneficial for everybody else. We're like, okay, now we got to figure out that it's five identities done by the same dude. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where the name Rotten Yellow came from and it just kind of stuck. And since there's... I wouldn't say a lot of people that know who I am, but there's mm. enough people that know me that I, I can't really go back and change it. Yeah. So I just kind of stick with it. Nice. And I, I've never had anybody give me any, uh, there's no like copyright problems yeah. or anything, or like, anything that. like that. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah. Nice. Um, where were you born and where did you grow up? Um, I was born on base in the Philippines, mm-hmm. um, in the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my backstory as far as like my parents is going to kind of be jaded so i'll mm-hmm. just kind of tell it like i do because yeah. honestly i don't even know mm-hmm. the true definitive answers on what had happened yeah uh, i'm just kind of i, I made I, I just had to kind of make it up just kind of laugh and get over it mm-hmm. um i'm assuming that <clears throat> i well let me go ahead and tell you the cold hard facts so my dad was in the navy mm-hmm. He uh, went into the military voluntarily mm-hmm. at the age of 22. Uh, he got stationed over in the Philippines. He met my mom at a bar. Mm-hmm. Then that's what manifested me into thinking that I was like a Saturday night love child. Yeah. Um, my sister, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, 10 months later, out I came. My dad went back to work. I think mm-hmm. he had me on the clock. Yeah. Um, we lived there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my dad telling me that this was right around the time of like the, there was like a political overturn going mm-hmm. on in the Philippines stuff. I think the guy's name is Marcos. Mm-hmm. I want to say that. Yeah. And he was doing some bad shit. I, I can't remember. I don't want to get it all wrong. Yeah. Um, but the story goes that when my mom was pregnant with me, that she was taking a machete and hacking down bamboo stalks and like leading people to refuge away from all the the bad stuff going on in town mm-hmm. and i was in there so i guess my mom's like a badass and i didn't even know yeah <laughs> so then from there like uh, my dad got stationed to the united states mm-hmm. mom got a visa since she was a filipino native mm-hmm. and then we went to san diego my sister was born 
we lived there for about a year and then that's kind of where it's like if my story was like the bible it's kind of like that part where it's like whatever happened to teenage jesus yeah it's like you you, you don't, you don't really know oh, what's going yeah. it's like dude did you skateboard yeah did, I, did you listen to hip-hop what did you do mm-hmm. um so what happened was like i guess there was some huge things of infidelity going on mm-hmm. a lot of accusations flying and stuff but what i do know is that uh my mom came home one night my dad had the divorce papers and uh, said, yeah, me and the kids, we're going to Seattle. You ain't got no money. And that's mm-hmm. just how that is. And I was really young. I, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But this is also a time where divorce was very commonplace. Even at a three-year-old, I knew what that mm-hmm. was because it was all in the movies. Yeah. It was very commonplace. Mm-hmm. So that was the last time I saw my mom. Mm-hmm. To this day, mm-hmm. like I, I, I have never seen her. Um, last time I ever heard about her was when uh, we got a call one time supposedly from Mm -hmm. when she was down in New Orleans and I guess my dad had been fed up with her shit and just hung up the phone and that was the last time I heard from her Mm -hmm. then for years and years and years and years went by and I'm like in my mid 20s I'm like maybe maybe it just puts my mind at ease if Mm -hmm. I just give her a shout out Mm -hmm. try to contact her and there I'd be sitting there, you know, wanting to type her name into the Facebook search engine, see if she got a profile, just to see how she looks. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, on the other side of the coin, I'm sitting there thinking, don't go into it expecting something mm-hmm. because you could be really disappointed. Yeah. Well, it happened just like I thought it would. She blocked me. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, my, I had these, I had this thought in my head that, Maybe somewhere in her head that she thinks I'm coming after for some type of monetary purpose mm-hmm. or I, I'm speaking on behalf of my dad because she wouldn't know that. Yeah. So if my mom's listening, I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And going through that tough situation, because I myself have gone through parents divorcing too. Yeah. Um, did you in some form put that into your art? Like, I, I, I think that, well, I, at, a, at a very early age, I've kind of realized that, and it, it was people like Robin Williams mm-hmm. and Jim Carrey mm-hmm. that made me realize that you can, you know that someone's going through pain. Mm-hmm. You can see it on their face. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe a depressed no- person knows what a depressed person looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could put a facade of a smile on a face, but you just, you just know. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that when I used to watch movies like Mrs. Doubtfire and Liar Liar, and I still watch those in heavy rotation to this day. You can see that on their face, and it made me realize, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, to my fortunate benefit, my dad was an artist. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, Saturday morning cartoons was a religious thing, like it happened more than church in my house. Um, my dad was one of those people that would drink the crap water beer, smoke a cigarette, and I'd be like, Dad, how how do you draw Ninja Turtle? Like, give me that fucking crayon. And yeah. <laughs> he would, you know, he would just bang it out, and I thought it was like the greatest thing. Yeah. Like, he was bigger than Bob Ross could ever be because it was like right there at yeah. first hand in, in my room. Mm-hmm. Be like, my dad, my dad can draw. draw. Yeah. Um, and he would just show me basic shapes, and like he'd be, and it was such a cool thing too because like he would do it just like in a mad magazine mm-hmm. he would draw he would draw me and my sister doing 
in these crazy predicaments, just like Calvin and Hobbes. Like, yeah. I saved my sister from a fiery, you know, house, or I'm wrestling a lion. And it was just, I wish I could have kept them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know where they are, but they don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I learned how to just be able to take the pain and manifest it into comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole, like, just cry now and laugh a lot now yeah. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times where very, very rarely do I ever have a piece where it's really personal. Um, and then it's one of those things where I don't let it loom in my portfolio forever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I make it a ritual to destroy it because mm-hmm. I, I tend, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you don't hold on to past relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't hold on to bad friendship. You have to just burn it and not necessarily like burn that bridge, but just kind of like a nice reminder, like, Hey, it, it was a time we all make mistakes, humble yourself by growing from it. Yeah. So that, that's kind of where the divorce happened. And because of that divorce, it also, and I'm sure I can say this for you mm-hmm. as well as everybody else who's went through a divorce, it kind of showed you what not to do. Correct. Correct. Um, and how to, and maybe I tend to have like a lot of anxiety because of that, mm-hmm. but I'm always trying to strive for perfectionism and, and, the relationships that I'm in and mm-hmm. uh, making sure that my kids come first no matter what. Mm-hmm. I could be throwing up blood, but my kid's going to get Lucky Charms today. That's mm-hmm. how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the kids come first. Um, I never let them try to see my pain yeah. or bring them into uh, my problems. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do see me cry yeah. uh, at times, and they're just like, what's wrong? I'm like, it's just a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great movie. Yeah. So nice. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen your art, how would you describe it if you could? Um, what I do to tag it at the end of all my posts is mm-hmm. I basically tell everybody just follow Rotten Yellow if you want to see more rad disgust. Yeah. Um, nice. I love that. Because, because it, it, from what I get from it, it's got like a, a retro aesthetic. It's mm-hmm. got those colors. Um, it makes people, re- it reminds people of their childhood. Mm-hmm. And I found out early on in my style that not only in the techniques that I'm doing, but also that people want things that they can familiarize with. Mm -hmm. People want things that are like, oh my God, I remember that being on Nickelodeon, or I remember that being on Fox, or that makes me remember The Simpsons, or Mm -hmm. this reminds me of Beavis and Butthead. But then there's also that, I I feel like there's a dichotomy in Mm -hmm. my style because I have the poppy stuff, and then I have the really gruesome stuff. Yeah. but that's because, like, I listened to a lot of metal. Um, I, I grew up around that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I went through a phase where, before I was 14, mm-hmm. all I knew was, like, country. Mm-hmm. And my babysitter, oh, my God, she would just listen to Garth Brooks. I remember, like, she told us not to use a TV because she got Garth Brooks pay-per-view. And wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember, like, she... She's like, everybody just shut the fuck up. He's singing low places. It's just yeah. like, ah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Nice. Um, so you kind of already answered this next question, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, how did your passion for art start? And with that was going to be a follow-up question. Did you ever have those Saturday you know, morning TV show stuff? Um, I, I remember it vividly as yesterday um my (laughs) for the sake that i'm keeping my identity uh you know just kind of what it is Mm -hmm. um for my own privacy Mm -hmm. i'll just kind of 
talk about my dad the way he is. Um, my dad was one of those people that would, he was like the dad that, he was like the epitome of an 80s dad. He mm -hmm. never went out and bought underwear. Mm -hmm. He always just tried to make the blown out ones <laughs> just work. Just work. I remember him bleaching them. And yeah. only then did I realize like bleaching them disintegrates the cotton fiber. Mm -hmm. So like as he's doing this, like they're just starting to look like a blown out flag. Yeah. Like, but I remember that. And he'd have mm -hmm. a worn out t-shirt. He had a Milwaukee's best in his hand. He had a mobile red in his other hand. There mm -hmm. was the doors on and like, uh, every Saturday we always had cartoons, Looney Tunes, uh, Cartoon Network. Oh my God. Um, it, I remember very vividly back in Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, watching that stuff. I was huge in Ninja Turtles and I was huge in a biker mice from Mars and attack the killer tomatoes and swamp thing and Eureka's castle and all the other great fucking shows that I wish still live to this day. Yeah. Um, my dad was, a. I'll just say he was a very well-rounded mm. artist. It mm. wasn't just one of those things where he knew how to draft, in which is what he did professionally for the United States Navy. Yeah, uh, he would sit there and draw uh, blueprints for depth charge mines, underwater missiles, mm. uh, compartments of a submarine. Um, he also did typesetting and stuff like that mm -hmm. for a naval magazine called In Focus. Nice. Uh, and my dad had this, he had like three big, big portfolios. I mean, mm -hmm. this thing for like a hundred pounds each, just full of illustration board. That stuff gets pretty heavy. If yeah. You ever listen, <laughs> ever. And so, um, he had, he had so many different things that he would draw by hand. I thought it was just so cool that he could do that stuff by hand mm -hmm. and you could knock it out in the night. Yeah. Like I always thought that was crazy. So when I started to learn how to draw, he's, he's like, it was always what got me started to draw, which mm. is close your eyes and just squiggle some shit on a piece of paper. Now mm. open your eyes and try to really think deep and see if you can find an image inside that. Yeah. So then I started drawing and then it became basic shapes. Mm -hmm. And then from there he's like, you're doing pretty good. And then it turned, and then like there was a, a, a switch that flipped in me. He's like, okay, you're getting, you're getting pretty good. Now it's going to turn into commercial art. Now I'm going to give you fucking projects. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I think at that point, like I knew that he saw something in me and he's like, well, if you're going to be a fucking prodigy, yeah. you're going to be my fucking Mozart. So yeah. like he just, he just kind of like carved this path in a way. He's like, but he, he taught me like the no bullshit fundamentals. He's like, these are things that you need to know mm -hmm. this is what you need to do but realize that art has no rules. Mm -hmm. You know, you can bend those rules. You can manipulate things to how you want it to be, yeah. but still stay within the confines of the tech rules and textbooks of art. Okay. So I just started doing it. And then every Saturday was something different too. Mm -hmm. it, it was kind of like kindergarten class in a way, away from kindergarten class. Sometimes it would be crayon drawing. Sometimes I would be making Halloween masks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would be building armatures. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it was, hey, Matt, do you feel like drumming today? Mm -hmm. Sure. Grab every cardboard box in the house, grab every paint bucket and two wooden spoons from the kitchen, and we're going to build this gigantic Terry Bazio drum set in the garage, and we're just going to learn how to play the Beatles today. Yeah. So, like, the creativity and, like, being able to have this obtuse frame of 
imagination mm-hmm. definitely came from my dad because he was so the way he parented yeah uh, it, he was very animated he was the only parent that I knew for a very very long time amongst all the other parents that I was pretty much around where my dad would get on his hands and knees wear a mask you know do the whole ooga booga bullshit you know yeah. play hide and seek with us build us cardboard swords like he was a dad that i wished ever a lot of people did have mm-hmm. but there was a there was a change mm-hmm. and it, it kind of it went for the worst but nowadays it's for the best mm-hmm. um i took what my dad did and i used it to my own advantage mm-hmm. uh uh, so what basically what I learned from it was that it, it basically kind of turned me into like a rebellious person for mm-hmm. a long time uh, and you can see that in my art that mm-hmm. there's a lot of like it, it you don't have to like have it be announced but you can see that there's a lot of anti-politicalness and mm-hmm. there's a lot of like uh, free range very amoebic form mm-hmm. which in my eyes, that's kind of how I see things as um, I'm not I'm not going to be bound. Yeah. The only time I'm really bound is if I feel framed mm-hmm. in it or something like that. But I, I try to keep very things very open. I don't want to feel restricted. So that, that's kind of how I feel about it. But yeah. I didn't mean to talk too much. I just no, to, no, I, we I got just get like wrapped we, up. We got a whole bunch of time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I also did want to ask you, you kind of answered that question as well. Um, so was he supportive then of your artwork? He was he was supportive of it, um, in but like I was telling you about like the cardboard boxes, like I thought that that was kind of cool, right? Yeah. So then I kind of took this natural interest and appreciation and mm-hmm. wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. He was not for that, yeah. but he was also the same guy that showed me uh, movies like Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. and at the time when I was like seven years old, I thought that was a real band. So here I am, like, putting rubber bands on Kleenex boxes, just singing those songs. Yeah. And I begged my dad. I begged my dad. I was like, Dad, I want a guitar. I want a guitar. And he lived in this little town in Iowa. He buys this pawn shop guitar. And I get a cassette of Van Halen, mm-hmm. Eruption, or Van Halen 2 with Eruption and Running with the Devil on it. And I remember I, I, I got to play as fast as him. I have to. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. I can't get girls unless I learn yeah. how to play this, you know. <laughs> And I had this like toy that had like a propeller on it, mm-hmm. and I would take this propeller up against a string and start making those like really yeah. crazy tremolo sounds. And my dad gets so pissed because we go through strings every week because mm-hmm. then he walked in and found out that I was doing that. He's like, "I'm not supporting. That's the stupidest thing, I, you know." And uh, I bought a drum set. He was not for that. Uh, I still have a guitar he bought me for my 18th birthday and my 21st birthday. Nice. I, I don't play him as often because art's taken a more serious yeah. turn for me. Mm-hmm. But he was always extremely supportive. Um, he's bought the most art, outright bought the most art. He mm-hmm. felt that way about it. He's like, I'm, I don't, I don't want you to give it to me. I want you to tell me how much it is, mm-hmm. and I'll cut you check or cash or whatever it is. But he was always extremely supportive mm-hmm. of it, no matter what. Nice. Um, so, with that, do you remember the first art piece that you created that you t- kind of took a step back and were like, whoa, like I can truly do this for a long time? Um, it kind of took a different... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll answer that question, mm-hmm. but there was a point in my life where it kind of had a different turn to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, 
the most recent one that made me feel like that. Um, I've always felt really proud about my pieces. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to have a little bit of like, I'm not going to release something unless I know it looks good. Mm -hmm. uh, for the people such as you that see things on like Instagram and Facebook, mm -hmm. that's really just kind of like the tip of the iceberg of mm -hmm. the things that go on behind the lens. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of pieces that get thrown across the room because it looks like shit. Yeah. Or like I spilled coffee on something I'm like, fuck, here we go again. You know, there, there's a lot of that happens. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so recently, the my favorite piece that I did was the one with uh, the graffiti artist Faith. Mm -hmm. um, it was the one of the big samurai down at the viaduct wall. Now, I don't get stage fright easily. Uh, I've been in bands and I've been on stage and I've done speech class and I don't get really nervous or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's something about like a hundred flashing cameras yeah. <laughs> going off on you. And it, it's, it gets to be a little overwhelming. And like, I have my headphones on. I, I want to say Bob Marley came on mm -hmm. my Spotify. Uh, yeah, I want, and like the sun was hitting just, it, like the whole, it, it was just like a complete zen moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember crying, I couldn't control it. I was like, and I'm telling myself, you stupid motherfucker, wipe your fucking eyes. Like, yeah. you look like a bitch. <laughs> you know? So I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting there spraying and I'm just like, man, it, this is, if I died right now, oh, this is the best thing in the world. Like, mm -hmm. it was just something about like, one thing I didn't ask them mm -hmm. they asked me if hey do you want to paint with us and mm -hmm. at that time like fate was just like a myth mm -hmm. because I heard about him for a few years and then I found out that he was like a real dude mm -hmm. I just thought like he was a phantom sprayed some shit and bounced yeah that's all how that's just I, no offense to fate <laughs> yeah um, I, I just thought that's how I, it was and then I met him and he was such a cool dude mm -hmm. um, he asked me to do the wall and then he gave me this big piece and like I started painting it about the second day in roasted from the sun didn't even matter I just having so much fun with it and that was one where I stepped back and I was like holy shit like I'm amongst like the monsters of street art mm -hmm. just uh, just in what I know in my general area mm -hmm. you know not of all time just like there's some serious people like unfuckwithable people yeah here right now that I'm just like I get to share this wall mm -hmm. I'm just absolutely honored yeah um, the second part of that question to answer is I remember being in seventh grade and there was a huge wave of 90s tribal. Mm -hmm. Every tramp needed the stamp and every dude yeah. wanted the bicep, mm -hmm. you know, or a shoulder thing or whatever. That little wire or the, the barbed wire or like the 90s tribal stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, yep. it, it was ridiculous. Everybody wanted it. Yeah. You know, they wore the little seashell necklace mm -hmm. and the white beaters and the beach shorts and everybody had to drive a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there in study hall class and I'm like drawing this and I had a good, I, I got a friend sitting across from me. He's like, can you knock out like a whole page of that? And I'm doing them like wristband size, mm -hmm. like filling up an eight and a half by 11, but I'm doing like, six a set of six on each page yeah i've got like five or six pages built up so mm -hmm. i'm like and it's all black and white no color just trying to come up with different things people start seeing me draw because i'm like i ain't doing no fucking homer fuck this i'm i'm doing what i want yeah friend came across he sat down and he's like how much would you charge for a page that like, and this was like the very first time someone's ever asked me like how much mm -hmm. is that how much would you pay for that mm -hmm. 
of course I've had people up like, can you do my homework for me? Uh, I'll give you a kiss if you just like, yeah, ah, fuck, whatever. So this he, friend of mine asked me, and I, I think I told him like five, ten bucks. Mm-hmm. So then he passed along, and maybe it was just because it was so cheap, the word went around the study hall real fast, and they're like, oh, I want one of those. Hey, bro, hook me up or whatever. I was like, well, shit, man. Like, this is sweet. I, mm. Yeah, I got a little side hustle going on in school, whatever. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff going on behind all that. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of telling, like, the forefront, because, mm-hmm. like, they, in my teenage years, there was a lot of shit that happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, just to answer this question, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I, I kind of like was a phantom. I'd be at school, I wouldn't. But when I showed up, people would know I was at study hall or I was in art class and I was always drawing something. Yeah. I, I, I didn't care about homework. I didn't care about study guides. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about any of that because at some point in my life, I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, if, and also, long before YouTube, I knew that if I wanted to obtain any type of information, that it was only going to be me that's going to tell me what to do. And I was really stubborn, and I kind of inherited that from my dad. Mm-hmm. I inherited that from my grandpa. And we were all kind of like, we always kind of had like this well-oiled, cogged machine, one-man army kind of John Rambo outlook. Mm-hmm. But when we worked together, we created magnificent things. Like uh, me and my dad did a lot of stuff together. Me and my grandpa built a deck together. Like, and, and it was just kind of those creative things where we were like unstoppable forces. Nice. Um, so I, I took that in the high school. I, I I didn't even finish high school. I just kind of I, I ended up dropping out mm-hmm. because I missed so many days out of school cool. against mm-hmm. my will, mm-hmm. against my out, out, against my control. Um, that at that point in time, I was working all these. I, I knew that I had to have a job. Mm-hmm. The art supplies weren't going to pay for themselves. Yeah. But at that time, I wasn't really worried about art supplies. I just knew that like. I could do that, mm-hmm. but like, I, I want money faster. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it could easily be like, yeah, just inflate your prices, do a better job than what yeah. you did. It would just like, yeah, I'm going to go work for Kirby vacuums and, oh my God, that was the worst job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, what's been the biggest struggle you had to overcome so far as an artist? That's a, that's a lot of things. Um, the hard, the hardest thing mm-hmm. right now is the biggest thing. Uh, I'm trying to find the right words because I, I know that there's, I'm sure there's some 14 year old kid who's wanting me to say something mm-hmm. and I, I give a shit and I'm here. I, I, believe me, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll just say it like I, I'm talking to my kids is that, You can't, you can't take things personally. Mm-hmm. You can't let things get to you. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be riddled with bullets of self-doubt, uh, anxiety, worry, if, you, if you're going to meet a deadline or whatever. That's one thing. But then when it becomes a thing of being a full-time artist, like you don't have no side job. The only mm-hmm. side job I have is like painting houses, and that's only when someone has a house that needs painted. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like you've seen it, you, you've seen my Instagram. I'm drawing all the time to the point where it's like, does this dude even fucking sleep? Mm-hmm. And it's it's seriously my bread and butter. I draw as if, do you want to eat today? Mm-hmm. And it's 
and I have never let that down. Um, I, about three years ago, I was working for a painting company, left on good terms, mm -hmm. but, and, I, and I've always been a painter, no matter what. I was working and I was painting this apartment and I was like, I'm, I'm tired of making fucking millionaires millions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm tired of feeling like a middleman just sitting here tasking for this guy just so he can get his pocket lined. I'm like, fuck that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if anybody's going to get their pocket lined, it's me. It's my life. He ain't going to give a shit about me 30 years from now. That's correct. You know? Yeah. I'm like, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tell my kids this, I'm very real with them, but I'm also, I also tell them like, I encourage that you go to college. I mm -hmm. encourage that you listen to what your teachers have to say. You listen and respect your elders. Mm -hmm. You know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us are assholes, but some of us know what we're doing. Correct. Um, but if you feel like you want to go my route, mm -hmm. you have to be absolutely fearless. Mm -hmm. You cannot be scared. You can't take every opportunity given to you. And you can't just assume that because things are going good that you can just put your hand behind your head and just kick back the recliner and just, you know, chill. Correct. It isn't like that. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like, okay, I create a $200 piece. Okay, we're talking six heads, including a dog, mm -hmm. you know, that I have to take care of on a weekly basis. And... $200 can go by real fast. To oh, yeah. me, that's just 48-hour money. Yeah. That's it. Whether it be bills, whether mm -hmm. it be eating, kids need new toys, kids need new, oh, kids need new shoes. Oh, that's yeah. a 30-minute ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that. Um, it, so that, that's kind of one of those things. Uh, depression was a huge part of being able to evolve mm -hmm. into what I do. Um for me, I, I kind of turned the depression into a choice. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of put it into my control. Um, I'm going on my fifth year sober of alcohol. I'm mm -hmm. going on my almost four and a half, fifth year of not smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. All by cold turkey, all by my choice. Mm -hmm. Because it got to that point of being a full-time artist. is like, it, yeah, I'll be, I'll be real. It got to that point where my daughter's like, it, it doesn't smell good when you smell, smell like cigarettes. Mm -hmm. You're right. So I thought about quitting right then and there. And then I was like, there, for, I don't know why, but it felt like there had to be more of a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, instead of just sitting here blowing this nicotine, not deliberately into her mm -hmm. face, but like she can smell it where it's bothersome. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to fuck her up and I don't want to, you know, have my girlfriend's kid messed up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I want paint supplied. I want this. I'm going to start living a minimalist life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're done drinking alcohol. We're done smoking cigarettes. Hell, man, I don't even get myself new clothes until they're taken care of. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, it's completely, like, a selfless attitude. Yeah. And sometimes, like, it has backfired mm -hmm. at times where it's like, Matt, you, you're not looking real good because mm -hmm. I'm trying to work to just build up a savings so that the kids can have what they have. Mm -hmm. Because I want the kids to be happy. But they're not spoiled. Mm -hmm. I, I keep it very real with them. You know, I want them to work for things and stuff like that. But I want them to realize what value mm. and how to be humble about what you have and that's one of the biggest struggles is for me because I used to be so pissed off at the world and I used to be so rebellious but I'm not that way so much anymore I naturally don't like people because people tend to want to say stupid stuff mm. so I just tend to keep to myself 
Correct. Honestly, this is like the most I've talked mm. in, in a public manner in years because I used to be so vocal mm. and outgoing, but that was also assimilated from alcohol. Mm. And alcohol makes you feel like you can just fucking do anything. Yeah, in correct. my eyes, that's it's different. No, no, it does that same thing to me. Like whenever I drink, I I'm like, hey, hey, like I would say I would say hi or be more outgoing than yeah. I would be if I wasn't drinking. Yeah, so. it, it just made me a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. I felt like not so much that people favored me that mm-hmm. way, but I felt like I was socially accepted mm-hmm. when I was that way. And, yeah. I was, and I was doing stupid stuff. I was just being an asshole, just causing a ruckus. Mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I don't do art shows anymore is because I'm slightly embarrassed about that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of one of those things where it's like I've done I've done the art show so much here in town mm-hmm. that if I did do it, it would probably be like a solo exhibition, mm-hmm. maybe once every five years. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a guy where I'm not showcasing my art just at a show. Yeah, it's literally as soon as I'm done with it, it goes on Instagram, it goes on Facebook all social media that I could possibly get that I tend to like to use to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it sells real quick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it sticks around for a few years. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that kids have to, that my kids are realizing is like some, you got pieces that don't stick around. I'm like, I don't create masterpieces all the time mm-hmm. just because I think that they're great. Doesn't mean that everybody else does. Correct. I mean, and that's another struggle is like sometimes it's really a time and a place mm-hmm. you have to plan that attack out as far as art wise like if it's halloween you create halloween art stuff in july so that it builds up a query mm-hmm. and a queue of stuff so that it's endless amount and you don't stop doing that until the middle of november yeah but in the mix of all that you're also going to multitask uh, back to school stuff. Mm. Uh, kids are going back to school, so they want cool stuff for their rooms. They want cool stuff to take in their backpacks. Mm-hmm. You're you're always trying to read like a consumeristic mind. Yeah, that's the biggest. That's another big struggle. So like, it's really hard for me to answer that question because it's always some type of different angle that and hurdle that mm-hmm. I have to jump through. Correct. But the biggest one is just being able to realize that like. I, I always had a fear that there's going to be that one day that I have to just go back to work. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm opposed to it. I guess I could do it. But I chose to be a freelance full-time artist with the investment that my girlfriend gave me, which was we talked about it forever. Mm-hmm. And she obviously knew like I was not down with working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where it's like, look, why don't you just try it for a year? Mm-hmm. I never would have thought that she would say something like that. Not like I was hoping that she would say mm-hmm. that. I just figured, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do this painting, and I'm going to do this side hustle of art at the mm-hmm. same time. But it got to the point where it's like I started to build stuff up for a handful of months, almost a year, and like, well, I can... What do you think? Yeah. She's like, fuck it. What? Just do it. Just do it. And then there were a couple times where it's like, about six months in, like fuck, I I don't know. She's like, I didn't tell you give up, and she had a lot of faith, and she's like my best friend. Mm-hmm. And if it if it really wasn't for her, it, you know, I'm sure that rotten yellow would be like a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. But she's she's there to tell me, 
yeah, if a piece looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And I take that I take that very much to heart because there's times where it's like I I'm like, man, I worked so hard on this. It's like, yeah, it's shit. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. So I just set it to the side. And there's times where I'll set it to the side and I'll just come back to it, make it look better. It's like, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that you know, it, it, there's that fear that it, it could happen. Mm-hmm. But the pandemic. It's kind of been a blessing too because when I became a freelance artist, I was also an at-home dad. So then came the pandemic and everybody's doing virtual online learning. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. I like turned into like this Mrs. Doubtfire kind of deal where mm-hmm. it's like I'm taking care of kids, I'm drawing, I can take them to the park, I'm drawing. You know, they want to draw, we can draw. You know, it, and I have my own little art room mm-hmm. in in the house and stuff like that. And kids absolutely love it mm-hmm. so it's just one of those things and it, it saves so much on daycare correct daycare is ridiculous yeah um so it, it was just kind of nice mm-hmm. uh when it comes back to school and they're at that age where they're all going to be going to three different schools mm-hmm. and like i'm not gonna be able to start artwork until like 11 in the morning when usually i'm starting at like five it, yeah it's, it's gonna be a little nuts but i'm, I'm pretty much ready for it there you go um, another big thing I wanted to talk about is many artists I have spoken to have struggled with pricing their work. Did you struggle with it, and how did you deal with that? Um, I, you know, I get asked a lot mm-hmm. about that, and I, I price my work based on I, I kind of learned it. Uh, when I used to tattoo mm-hmm. um, and I tattooed for a very short time and it was one of those things where it's like and I, I guess you could say this about if you take your artwork seriously and mm-hmm. I mean you take it seriously not like you you sit back and let it sit for a couple of days and you're trying to think about your your next move yeah. on it when, when, when you know seriously that this is something that you want to do mm-hmm. and you're just not quite sure how you want to price it mm-hmm. I firmly believe that if you worked your fucking ass off on it and you have some serious detail, time to attention, it's got, you, you can see that there was some serious preparation and execution in it, mm-hmm. $100 an hour flat. Mm-hmm. If, if you feel like it's less than that, mm-hmm. it's okay to ask someone else, but don't take it personally mm-hmm. how much they would pay. Use that as a gauge of measurement as in, okay, well, someone would pay this much. You can even do what I call <clears throat> a means of median, where you ask multiple people how mm-hmm. much it would be, like an OBO or, or a best offer. Mm-hmm. You let that income, you let that come inbound, and you just average out what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there like, okay, well, at minimum, I would like to get $50 for this piece. Yeah. There's also the other aspect that's a huge thing. What are you using for materials? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, if you're buying a $9 can of spray paint mm-hmm. and you spent $20 on acetate to cut your stencil out and you got a canvas that it's like an archival gallery canvas and it's not cheap and you gessoed it yourself, you framed it yourself, well, then that's going to be a completely different ordeal. Yeah. 
now as far as pricing to the artists that end up like on the coast where in galleries that stuff's going for thousands of dollars i would love to know how they do that yeah because <laughs> here in des moines that shit does not fly mm -hmm. or maybe i'm just not talking to the right people but and I know that I can speak only for my niche market as mm -hmm. far as what they call lowbrow artwork um, or um, horror artwork. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I've seen things sit. Yeah. Now, there are people who I'm absolutely influenced and aspired by who I know without question mm -hmm. triple the amount that I save for my stuff but it's damn well deserved because they're doing things under what I assume is a microscope. Yeah. Because their execution just flawless. Flawless. Nice. Um, was, has there ever been a time you wanted to do something else besides like, um, illustration or like, would you like to dive into like sculpture work yeah, um, or anything uh, like I, that? I, I, I would, if it was, it's always kind of one of those things. If I have time mm -hmm. during, during my busy seasons, which is usually in the summer, mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of like a painter's calendar. We're just fucking slammed in the summer mm -hmm. and fucking dead in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I try to always build up my schedule mm -hmm. and try to get commissions coming in and stuff and everybody gets their deposits and whatever so that I have something to do throughout the time. So I'm never just kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs, hoping for the next money grab or whatever. Yeah. Um, It's oh shit. What was your question again? I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to answer. Um, the was there? What, did you want to do any like type of sculptures or? Um, when, when I have time, it I I, I love to sculpt. Um, mm -hmm. I've been meaning to try to get some toys mm -hmm. out there, um, little action figures that I make with resin and stuff. Nothing of like 3D printing. I do like old school make the cast and mold, mm -hmm. build the walls up with clay, and just pop them out, you know, in mm -hmm. production. Um, last year, I made these little VHS keychains. Um, I only made like, I don't know, eight or nine of them. Wow. Um, and I learned a lot just based on that, mm -hmm. just solely for the fact that it, I, I forgot some stuff mm -hmm. as, I, as I was doing it, because the more I do stuff, the more I'm in, practice the muscle memory never forgets mm -hmm. so I, I would love to do sculpting more i would love to do i'm a huge person on old school special effects mm -hmm. so i like the blood bags I, I like the gore i like all that type of stuff yeah um I, I've, I've been wanting to shoot like little movies and stuff like that um i'm musically inclined so i'm always trying to do stuff musically at home with a girlfriend we have mm -hmm our little thing where we're just kind of like fucking around we're either doing hip-hop beats or writing some door style s 70 psychedelic stuff um, yeah so i'm always trying to find something to do uh i find myself more often than not playing with legos with the kids because mm -hmm. it's just it's a different type of cognitive function for me mm -hmm. so i'm not just sitting there doing brush strokes with pen all day long i'm like okay i'm gonna turn this little fucker into a robot you know just, yeah and it's fun and the kids and then i get like more involved with the kids which makes me feel weird they're mm -hmm. like well it, you took all the good legos i'm like yeah i need all the good legos so then it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it turns into this crazy thing but yeah if, if i had more time i oh my god man uh i, I just wish i had 
I wish that I could go out and travel and do more kind of like field work, such as like doing murals in other cities, mm-hmm. um, selling art in different cities, because I, I tend to just never have time to do that. Correct. With, with the variable of the kids being so young, mm-hmm. and I would just love to take them, but like I can't afford the snacks mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, so like traveling would be kind of cool um doing collaborations with mm. certain people would be kind of cool it's just a matter of time so like come the winter time i'm mm. going to definitely try to seek out for that stuff but mm. i'm also trying to keep the glacier floating mm. by producing more stuff nice. so then i kind of get lost in this wave of like more illustration more painting more mural yeah and it just it's just that way and then like because i build that rhythm over mm-hmm. a few months it then turns into you forgot to hang out with your friend. Mm-hmm. You forgot to do this. And I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. So, it's finding that balance. Try, just trying to find the balance in that is yeah. really hard. But I'm also raising kids. And I, I have I have friends that have a really hard time trying to wrap their head around, how come you don't come out and hang out? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I've got kids. Yeah. It's like, well, why don't you take them out and seeds like because that my kids don't want to do that yeah like they i'm not saying that the kids are always online and stuff but like we have a, a very nice place we have mm-hmm. a very nice house and it's big mm-hmm. and like i was telling you that with my dad i'm very animated mm-hmm. so like i'll get down on my hands and knees we got a dog we'll go outside and we'll play i have a wall in my backyard where i practice the kids love using up all my spray paint mm-hmm. um we have a fire pit like I, I i like trying to teach the kids like this is how i played when i was a kid and this is how you are going to play as mm-hmm. a kid like we didn't have TikTok or anything like that mm-hmm. when i was a kid we had like mtv and then we went to bed yeah <laughs> correct that's what we did correct um with that i wanted to ask also um commissions obviously big thing mm-hmm. um is there ever a time where you kind of go back and forth and have you ever dealt with kind of pushback with the design and how do you do deal with it uh there yeah uh there there's times where it's happened um Mm -hmm. one one example is um i i did an album cover Mm -hmm. and one rule that i learned about with album covers is that you separate your text from the design mm. because you're never really sure how that's going to work with the merch layout is it going into a j card cassette piece of paper yeah is it going into a cd a t-shirt a thong is it getting mm. sublimated onto a, a skateboard deck a coffee mug mm. Try to keep it broken up and loose unless you know for damn sure that that person's like, yep, this is just going to be a locked image and it's just going to be cut and paste no matter what. Mm -hmm. I was doing an album cover and it was one of those things like I had to have stepped back or had someone else look at it from an outsider's perspective. But unfortunately, it got caught on. It it got caught after I had sent the Mm. file. The customers had paid for it. And months went by and like just like you i had all my clients meet me in person mm-hmm. gave it to them they looked at it everything's paid up everything's cool months go by comes the album release and i see that they got a different album cover mm. and i you know in my head i'm just like what the fuck yeah but i'm like there's got to be an explanation for Mm-hmm. And that's another thing about being an artist. You cannot just, you can't be judgy about why people are judging you. Mm-hmm. You can't just assume 
that everybody's like trying to be out to get you and you can't let that grow into like this nefarious behavior mm-hmm. you can't be like well every motherfucker gonna think this and stuff it's like no your artwork's the way it is because it is what it is what people take that as is what they take that as mm-hmm. if you decide that you want your artwork to be this way mm-hmm. then you have to tell people correct well non-relevant to the the story mm-hmm. I, I ended up messaging the band and they said that we, we just didn't like the image we may we we love the image but the text was off center mm. and it couldn't be photoshopped manipulated and i remember feeling so guilty about that just because for one i'm like I'll do it for free if it means that you guys get to use my artwork. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm like, why didn't you guys say anything? Yeah, I, I, I would say something for sure. I've had people tell me in the past that I have a certain look on my face of unapproachability mm-hmm. where they're like, we just don't want to piss you off mm-hmm. as an artist because I guess there tends to be a stigma with artists or people who are seeking out artists that a lot of artists are assholes Mm -hmm. yes we are but we are assholes for a very good reason because we will not be walked on Mm -hmm. we we have to protect our keep um we're we're, we cherish what we create just as much as anybody cherishes what they create Mm -hmm. um but to to assume that we are going to take criticism the wrong way that might happen but to a truly professional artist that knows how to keep their composure mm-hmm. that's not going to happen and it definitely doesn't happen under my watch yeah i'm always trying to figure out the best solution to try to make it better i'm not above and i've done it multiple times where a print's been shipped across across the nation or mm-hmm. say across the world and it wasn't even my fault. It was UPS fault or UPS USPS's fault. And the package arrived bent. Mm. And without question, I'll just send out a new one. Yeah. Plus more stuff. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm always trying to be better than what I wouldn't say I have competitors because I feel like I'm in my own little pond. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in this town. I yeah. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to ask you before I forget too yeah. with that um, because I do this too. So when you said like, hey, I would send you like another one, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Do you put it in, in a perspective like if that if say you bought something from someone else and is that what you would expect and kind of put yourself in that position? Yeah, I, yeah. I do things as if as I'd expect someone, someone else, someone else to do. Yeah, yeah I, I, I want the turning of the table to mm-hmm. be 50-50 down the middle mm-hmm. unless it was like, you know, if, if it was that type of collaborative business where, okay, obviously I, I've got buddies who my designs on shirts mm-hmm. and obviously he's doing a lot more of the labor work he's providing the overhead for the shirts he's shipping them out for me mm-hmm. all I did was provide the design mm-hmm. obviously I'm only going to get a much smaller amount of the cut than he is because he's doing 95% of the work Yeah. no matter how much I'm promoting it that's what you should be humble about the more you promote it the more shirts get sold the more money ends up in your account yeah. or in your hand or whatever so when it comes to that type of business, if someone sent me a fucked up print, I would expect them to be able to fix that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't hold that expectation high because everybody runs their business a little different. That's correct, yeah. And 
it's one thing to talk about a print. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to talk about an original. Mm. Because if it's like a $300 original and it shows up fucked up, there's there's some certain clauses I'm going to assume that are there within the artist and the customer client agreement mm. that says, okay, this is what it is. It'll be packaged. If it's USPS's fault or USP or whomever the mail carrier mm. is, if it's their fault and you're shipping the artwork, mm -hmm. I would say that you take accountability for that mm -hmm. because that comes with the territory when you're doing art and you're wanting to ship it out. That's just how that is. You mm -hmm. have the keys to the car and you want to drive, but you don't want to pay for it when it gets wrecked. That's how that is. Correct. So if it ships and it gets fucked up, for me, I take a whole lot of accountability for it and I will fix it, mm -hmm. no questions asked. If it's if it's an original, uh, I've never had an original get messed up. Mm -hmm. I've even shipped pieces with glass in them and mm -hmm. I've never had them messed up. I've had pieces shipped to Spain and it's taken two months to get there. It's never shown up messed up. And I have no one to thank but my girlfriend for mm -hmm. shipping that. So anybody who's ever bought a print, anybody who's ever bought an original, you have my girlfriend to thank on that one. Mm -hmm. um, she does an incredible job. So Nice. Um, I saw you also worked on shoes as well. Can you explain what made you want to do that? Uh, on shoes? Yeah. Um, I'm always trying to find different things to paint on. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I went through this huge punk phase and like, when I was 17, 18 years old, mm -hmm. and like, I would, I just wanted to do things, do it yourself, very DIY. Mm -hmm. So of course I'd go up to the neighborhood high and steal a bunch of safety pins and mm -hmm. punk out my jackets or go to Hot Topic and rob them of all their studs and yeah. <laughs> locks on their shit. Yeah. And uh, I, I would just deck out my stuff. And then I remember I had a pair of shoes and one of them was Misfits Earth AD it was a pair of Vans slip-ons mm -hmm. uh, Misfits Earth AD and then the other one was Napalm Scum mm -hmm. and I really wish that I still had those mm -hmm. I mean they were beaten to fuck but I wore yeah. them religiously um, I started painting on shoes because it was just kind of one of those things uh, much like the shoes you're wearing I, I was working at this gag gift store at the mall mm -hmm. and it was right across from this airbrush hut and I became friends with those guys and still friends with them to this day and just watch them spray paint on random stuff. Yeah. And one dude brought in a pair of shoes and I, I want to say he did like Dragon Ball Z. Like one was Super Saiyan Goku and the other one was like Vegeta or Radish or something like that. Mm -hmm. Piccolo or someone. And uh, I was like, fuck, that's cool. Um, and then for me, it's one of those, it's always been one of those things, it's always been two things every time I see something like that. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to make it better. Better, correct. And I, 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 I thirst for that type of challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know how to do the spray paint art mm -hmm. up until a hand uh, recently, three, 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 four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I dabbled in like spraying with Rusto, but fuck Rusto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, I, I I didn't know that there were different types of caps. I didn't mm -hmm. know there's different types of can pressures and stuff like that. And you can do so much different stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty incredible. Nice. Um, other than shoes, of course, is there anything else that you would want to paint on that you haven't been able to? I painted on cars. Mm -hmm. I painted on 
19 passenger side vans. I painted a millionaire homes. Wow. I painted exteriors of homes. I I painted seven ton agricultural parts. Sheesh. Like paint. Like for me, painting was kind of one of the painting and illustrating was one of those things where. I, I tried to take on every single facet that I possibly could. I wanted to fucking know everything I fucking could about it. Mm-hmm. So if it was a three-part catalyst paint and I'm spraying it real dangerously and I've got to wear the whole duck suit as I do it, I'm doing it because yeah. I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm doing powder coat paint and I've got things coming on load bars, I've done it. If it's being inside and painting uh, military convoys, mm-hmm. I've done that. Yeah, painting millionaire homes, doing trim work, painting guitars, uh, shoes, violins, uh, people's coats. I mm-hmm. painted mannequin torsos. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff that I haven't painted. Um, I, I think that it would just be really cool. Uh, you know what? I'm going to use this as a plug. Yeah, I'm going to use this as a plug right now because I tell everybody this. My girlfriend would love it if I said this. The Northwestern Bell... I want to say Bank Bell. Mm-hmm. It's seventh, seventh and high downtown. Mm-hmm. Big white parking garage. Yeah. That faces west. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows who owns that, I would like that to be my next mural. Yeah. Um, I, I'm all about doing murals. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely scared of heights, but I, I'll be damned if I die and that wall is not mine. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I, I maybe it's because I like drive past it all the time. But I'm like, man, I this this city needs something really weird. It needs something mm-hmm. cool. Like, yeah, we, we got we got cool murals, and I'm not denying that. But we need something that's like, fuck, that's wacky as shit. Yeah, like, and it just you don't need coffee to come into mm-hmm. town. Like that shit that wakes you up. up. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't need coffee. Holy shit, you know. Yeah. I just wanted something like just wild. But it it I know that with being in the city. There's certain parameter, there's certain expectations, trying to get someone to want to do that. And just like, even then, I'm like, I don't let that shit stop mm-hmm. me. Like, I just don't take no for an answer. I'm like, I'm always trying to find a way to get people to just have confidence in what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And that takes a lot because mm-hmm. people only put money on it for sure thing. Yeah, correct. No one's, I don't want to take a chance with this. Mm-hmm. But there are people in whom I've had clients. And... They have lots of money, and they're not worried about that. They just want to do, done a good job. But they, but in the bigger picture, mm-hmm. they have faith in me. And I remember, for an example, I did this one guy's house, and I will keep his name refrain. Mm. Um, but everybody knows him because he's been on TV mm. for many years. We're talking like 20, 25 years uh, here locally. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I got asked to paint his house and I had to do a double take on him because I was like, you're that guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm that fucking guy. Whatever. And uh, he, he was really cool. We, we talked about everything. And I, I remember he was really impressed that I could paint horses at the bottom of this circular stairwell. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, how did you do that so fast? I'm like, easy stencils. And I, I just showed him how I was pouncing these things mm-hmm. onto the wall. And he's like, man, that's so fucking cool. And I get a real thrill out of that, mm-hmm. being able to show someone who's never seen that before. And I'm like blowing his money, just showing him how to do these techniques. And he's like, yeah, I can't wait to have him come back again. And that was also just really enlightening. And just nice. knowing, and it, it just makes you realize like, 
you know, maybe you're just not a weirdo after all. Mm-hmm. Maybe people just need to see who you are. Correct. That's it. Yeah. Um, many artists also, when they do jobs or commissions, they like to listen to music. Um, do you do that as well? And what are you listening to? Uh, as of recently, uh, I, I, for me, like when, I, when I'm doing artwork based on if it's, illustration has got a lot of gore and stuff like that Mm -hmm. obviously i'm listening to a lot of death metal but i i try to not build playlists Mm -hmm. just for the sake that it ends up turning into like uh, a favorites hit list and then i'm wanting to skip them just to get to that heavy hitting universal song and i'm like man i'm spending more time fucking with this thing and i am my art so then it like completely changed and I got rid of Spotify because I got tired of listening to the ads. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, YouTube obviously had more underground stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want it so underground. It's gotta have, you gotta use two shovels and uh, just give me what you got. Yeah. And I found more listening to that and I tend to appreciate it to listen to the full albums mm-hmm. than to just listen to like snippets of a band and then just take that impression of a band be like oh that's their best song but the rest of it's just beef fillers i'm like well fuck i wouldn't want anybody to do that to me and yeah. it's like fuck it's like yeah he only created that one bart simpson piece and fuck the rest of his stuff. it's like no man you got to see the whole portfolio yeah. so that's just something i've done for myself and just like you know artist artist appreciation i'd rather listen to the full album versus like just pieces mm-hmm. of an album um yeah i listen to playlists i sometimes i listen to podcasts mm-hmm. um I don't really have like favorite ones. Sometimes it's just I listen to an episode. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go ahead and subscribe to that or follow that and come back later. Mm-hmm. Um, but for music, I, I, I really try to keep it versatile. Yeah. Um, I, I have a pretty good taste in music just as well as anybody should. Um, I'll just kind of give you a run through on my playlist. Uh, sometimes it can go from... Uh, Dave Brubeck Jazz mm-hmm. to Deicide to Iron Maiden to Boingo Boingo mm-hmm. to Aesop Rock to uh, DJ Shadow to Run the Jewels and then it can bounce right back to Power Trip to uh, Berserker from Australia. I mean, it, black metal, uh, death metal, just metal, uh, funk, disco, like gap, Everything. gap band. Like, yeah. Five. I've been, I've, there's this one guy on Instagram, Fernando Rosa. I want, I want to say that's what his name is. Mm-hmm. Guy's got a big fro and he's got this like look. He's got this crazy look and he just plays this bass. He mm-hmm. plays like a bunch of different basses, but it's all funk. Mm-hmm. And he plays it with like finesse and like, he obviously tells you what type of song he's playing and stuff. And like, I've been on a kick with that. I'm like, I need that shit. I need yeah. that shit. I need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and you, you obviously spoke about to um, the Bart Simpson piece, right? Yeah. Um, so that's how I, I met you when you, when we were doing that, uh, the fam jam um, painting. Right? right. And I saw that, um, that piece that you posted, which I immediately like had to have, obviously, because you can see here, I, right, I love right. Bart Simpson yeah, stuff. I think your Bart Simpson stuff is absolutely cool. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you one part is how did that come into fruition that you like kind of did you sketch it out first and then go ahead and do the painting? And then also I have a follow up question after that. Okay. Um, so you're asking kind of more like the process, yeah. how it goes from sketch to score. Correct. Um, so my station downstairs in my art studio mm-hmm. is set up 
in an assembly line fashion, mm -hmm. like pencils at the beginning, packaging plastic at the very end, mm -hmm. tape and stuff. And it's literally, everything's at hand. I know where everything's at. The kids know that stuff's supposed to go back where it goes, you know? Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll sketch, and usually it's on an eight and a half by 11 piece. Mm -hmm. What people don't know is that I have an old school light box. Mm -hmm. It's like an 18 by 24 inch light box. So if I, what you see in like, uh, I have a lot of friends who say, man, you need Procreate. Mm -hmm. You need that, I'm like, fuck that. I have the better Procreate at home. I can just light box it. I also have a overhead projector mm -hmm. so that I can take said image, any image, put it in there, and it works kind of like on a, a periscope type of fashion. Mm -hmm. It works just like an overhead projector at school. And I can get an image like that 10 times the size I want. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that, okay, that's only when it's projected on a tabletop. If I spin it around and I put weights on the table, I can get this thing 30 times its size. Jeez. And I can make huge pieces. Mm -hmm. um, the only bad thing is that the room has to be completely dark mm -hmm. for me to do that. And I've developed a certain eye because when it's blown up at, you know, 30 times its size, those lines tend to get really faint. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so what I'll do is I'll draw that. I'll, I'll do what I call a chicken scratch just mm -hmm. to get a basic idea, get the, get the proportions and forms, anatomy or whatever it is that Correct. I'm going up against. Get, basically get the idea on paper. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, you want to you know, horchata, you wanted the Mexican corn on cob, you wanted mm -hmm. all that stuff. Okay, well, let me get that stuff sketched out. And then once you give me the approval mm -hmm. that, okay, yeah, this is cool, this is what I want, then what I do is I light box it, which means I take a piece of paper on top of it, like an old school layer, mm -hmm. and then I go ahead and refine those lines. If, if it's need be to add shading at that time, say I'm doing an illustration, that requires me to do some kind of heavy gradients with the pen, mm -hmm. then I go ahead and do the shading there. If it's one of those things where I'm gonna be painting and I can get away with shading through like watercolor accent or mm -hmm. gray tones within the paint, then I won't worry so much about trying to get gradients in a shading Correct. in a sketch. Once that final layout's done and you give me the approval to ink, then it's, that's like my favorite part because this is fun right yeah. now. So then the inking's done, and then comes the color. Mm -hmm. And that tends to be a little bit harder, because uh, if you fuck up, yeah. that's, that's, that's a yeah. whole day. That's a it's whole funny that thing. you bring that up, because we had that issue. Yeah, we well, that, that, that's kind of one of those perfect examples, is like, it, it's too comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. And like, I've seen people get so bent out of shape, and I'm in so many Facebook groups. And like, I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those people that I would rather be I'm, I'm quiet yeah I don't need to say a whole lot but mm -hmm. I'm watching yeah and I, I see people be like I can't believe this dude's gonna make me draw this or help what do I do and there's times it's like just get it done yeah just just get it done like why would it be any different than if you paint let's say you're you gave someone the wrong change mm -hmm. you're, you're just not gonna let that slide yeah <laughs> okay let's be real when we were teenagers whatever that but in, in reality when you know better you don't short the person you're just like hey they're here the difference so like when i did that it, of course it's like six o'clock in the morning i had half a cup of coffee and i was like ah fuck but i was like doing it i was painting it yellow because i was under the impression that's like yeah well that's what he would want yeah <laughs> <laughs>
But then, like, I started, it's like, hey, can you make this the same skin tone as mine? And, like, I was more pissed and more, I, I was like, oh, my God, I just fucking offended him because, like, I did this yellow and I didn't ask. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I, how dare I fucking do this and not even think about that? Because, like, I see the full drop logo, mm -hmm. right? I see that its skin tone's not yellow. Why the fuck? <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. But that stuff happens too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just makes you more humble yeah. over time. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to be able to take that. And like I said, as, an, as a full-time artist, mm -hmm. for me, it's seven days a week. I choose to take my days off. I don't play hooky. Mm -hmm. There are times where it's like, okay, I got a few hours that I got to let this India ink dry but I don't use that as an excuse to sit there and twiddle my thumbs and go watch her and Stimpy upstairs. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go work on some other shit. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm always multitasking, whether it be art project and house, house chores or taking care of kids. I, I'm always doing something. I'm like mm -hmm. octopus tentacles in that place. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that when you make, when you make that type of mistake, you should just be able to fix it. Yes. It sucks to have to re ink from scratch. Yeah but you're not alone in that fight. It does happen. Just do it. Because mm -hmm. more often than not, 9.5 times out of 10, that second runaround is going to be 10 times more badass. Correct. Yeah, so I agree. Just have a little faith. It takes a little time. You know, do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Get up, stretch, and then just do the execution again. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you um, as well was... Uh, because we, we spoke about, obviously, but for the people that are listening that don't understand why we're laughing so much and why, why yes. uh, you know, we were kind of talking about that um, to give some backstory. Basically, um, at the moment we're recording this, I haven't yet dropped that, um, that we're going to do that, obviously. Right. Um, and you did that. Uh, but obviously people are going to ask, like, what are, you, what are you guys talking about? So um, we had... I reached out to you um, to create that logo, um, something similar to the Bart Simpson one um, and the full drop one for that was done for the Do Tour. Um, and you explained that you went in with yellow and then you were like, oh, shit. That's when I texted you and I was like, hey, right before you begin the color, make sure could you make sure like you can make it this this skin color. And then that's when, you know, we're like, oh. And, and, that, and, yeah. that, and that's one of those things that, and the lesson to be learned in that. Yeah. And in no way it's your fault. Yeah. But the, the lesson to be taken from that is, and this is one of the reasons why I run my my business like a tight ship, mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that does happen. Yeah. It, it, it totally happens. I'm not saying that you know mistakes don't, mm -hmm. but I you know that whole itinerary that whole thing that I send to everybody it's like hey how do you handle commissions and then I sent you like a fucking novel yeah. of shit that is a template that's in my phone that I send to everybody because it's like the most asked question what do you do for commissions hey this is what I do da 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 is it a mm. painting a mural or is it an illustration yeah and then at the very bottom it says okay during the process I do things in these very steps mm -hmm because it prevents redos, mm -hmm. it prevents do-overs, mm -hmm. it makes sure that we're on the same page, you don't think you're getting fucked out of something, yeah. that we have 100% communication, and mm -hmm. every detail is there as you asked and what you're paying for. So sure. you definitely get your money's worth. And I think too that a lot of artists should do it that way, but I understand that some artists like to tend to work in privacy or secrecy, mm -hmm. and then they show progress updates like 
you know, days after, mm -hmm. or weeks, months. I know some artists that's like years and when mm -hmm. they show progress, I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, but I think it's fun for you because I think it's fun for everybody who's ever had that done going through me. It's like it because they see the growth in that. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the reasons why things like TikTok and Instagram survive is because uh, at least for artists because they they want to see the interaction mm -hmm. they want to see the virtual interaction with the artists that makes them feel like they're there correct um so when, when that happened it was just kind of ah fuck it you know and you just do it again and the thing is like i had assumed and i was just like i remember it like it was yesterday i was just like in a rhythm i was like okay all right here we go and then i saw you send that and i was like <laughs> I, like I went upstairs and like the girlfriend's like what fuck 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 and she's like what I'm like I gotta fucking do this thing all over again she's like oh my god what happened I'm like oh, I fucked it up she's like oh my god what happened and it's like oh I fucking did it yellow and it's supposed to match the skin tone it's like oh did, did he tell you that after the fact it's like no it's not his fault it's like <laughs> I just started doing it without like you know, yeah. talking about that with mm -hmm. you know, just one of those things that just it didn't get talked about. Mm -hmm. So that that does happen. Mm -hmm. it, uh, I've had stuff like that happen on the spot, yeah. on a wall. Oh, on a wall. And, oh, and shit. it's like, <laughs> and I've gotten so good with it over time that like I can hide those mistakes. Mm -hmm. you, you 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 learn how to adapt and build a technique in hiding your mistakes, and no one would know mm -hmm. that those mistakes exist unless you said something about it yeah so i'm like okay well i'll just use that yeah true <laughs> uh, yeah it happens more often than not nice uh do you favor more black and white or just going all out with crazy colors um i used to love i, I used to I, I still love black and white because mm. i see it like a photograph yeah um when i do artwork what i hope people take people can take it for whatever it is mm -hmm. pissed i don't care you love it awesome um you don't think much about it i wish you did because then that makes me feel like i need to try harder mm -hmm. maybe that's just like the guilt in me yeah um because i'm a, I'm a people pleaser I, I don't like talking to people but i'm always trying to get people to see my stuff mm -hmm. um but i i don't know uh Man, I, I really don't know. It's... Okay, say the question again. Uh, I'm, like, yeah. trying, I'm getting lost in the Do you favor comments. more black and white or just going all in I, with I colors? I tend to like color now because yeah. I, I feel like I'm forced to like, I'm not really forced, but I feel like I, I have to do color mm -hmm. just to keep the balance between doing black and white because mm -hmm. I don't want to just do black, black and white, white. art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of get locked into that. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to change that up with, you know, doing illustrations and paintings as much as I do from color to black and white. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't really have a preference on it. Personally, like, I like my pencil sketches the most because yeah. it's kind of like this embryonic brain of what what it ended up turning into. Mm -hmm. And I have like a huge flat file at home. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot all about that. And I don't flip through it a whole lot, mm -hmm. but it, it's unbelievable how much artwork I create in a year. Because yeah. like, I don't really think about it like that. Some, you could come up to me and be like, 
hey man, you know, if we didn't talk for like a whole year, mm. and if it was one of those commissions, like, all right, I never met you in person, mm. this is just one of those things, it gets shipped out to you, best of luck to you and your band, uh, I hope to hear from you, if you send some merch or the LP to me, that's cool, but I don't expect it, mm. um, you would have no idea how much artwork I'm doing, mm. but then I look at it over a year, and I'm like, holy shit, a couple hundred, maybe that, mm. and that's just the stuff that isn't up on the wall, is it originals that got sold? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it might be because there's times where like I will pull a sketch out from what I call my vault mm-hmm. and I will regenerate that. Just, Was that, that like one of them that you yeah, did? Yeah, yeah it, it, I'll regenerate it. And like then when it turns into pieces such as like you're using it for something for a business mm-hmm. such as like this one, mm-hmm. then I won't use it again mm-hmm. because I, I don't try to I don't try to cap on top of that. Yeah. There are pieces where it's like, this got used for that guy. Like I have this one piece that's, it's a mix between um, a Mario pipe Piranha mm-hmm. and uh, an old record player, like a gramophone. Mm-hmm. And it was done really huge for a guy's uh, business in the mall, Merlin yeah. Mall. And it was done, uh, I believe his shirts and a bunch of other stuff too. And as much as I would just love to reproduce that just for my own favor, out of the respect of the fact that it is for him, Mm -hmm. I don't reproduce it. Much like I won't reproduce this Bart Simpson one. Yes, there were times before and up until then that Mm -hmm. I had reproduced it. But like I said, out of respect, I I leave it completely. So have you had, because my wife, um, she does rugs. So um, she has dealt with it actually recently where someone sent in uh, a commission, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, not that the artwork technically was original, but um, I'm not going to say too much of it just out of respect, but the person sent over an image and that image had some lettering to it, right? Right. That made it unique to that person. So then another person came over and said, hey, I want that exact image with my own lettering. Would you be able to do it? So for you, and this is the question is, are you the type of person, I guess, you kind of already answered it, but to say, hey, even though it might, it could benefit my own pockets or my own whatever it might be, out of respect, I'm not going to go ahead and do that job just because I care about my work and kind of like... Um, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very hazy line, yeah. which I don't cross and sometimes do cross. Uh-huh. If it's a piece of artwork in whom I know that that person is, mm-hmm. out of respect, I won't touch it. Yeah. Bart Simpson, on the other hand, has been drawn so much. much yeah. Does anybody even really care? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, now, if it's one of those things where Bart Simpson was drawn in a certain style, mm-hmm. and, like, it was done by a certain artist that draws in a certain way, mm-hmm. and you knew as well as everybody else universally like that was his or her or their piece and you decide to fuck with it you can bet your ass you're going to get called out on yeah that. correct but i've always felt like with an image mm-hmm. it's no matter what it is in this world of bootlegging like Go free. Yeah. Go, well, go absolutely free. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. My thing with with that was as well, because when I saw that, I was like, you made it better, in my opinion. 
I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So I, I, it's I've seen what you what you're talking about as far as like people trying to recreate a certain style. But then there's also people like you with that one. You made it. You took something and you made it even better. My my rule is something that like my girlfriend is a, you know she went to. I was a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. She's the one who did like the full four years in college. Mm-hmm. So like she knows like the book smarts and stuff. She knows the street smarts of art. Mm-hmm. I'm the person that doesn't know a whole lot of book smarts, or should I say I, I didn't give a shit, but I know it exists. Yeah. But I, I'm the I got the street hustle aspect. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we've always come to realize is, okay, hold on. I have like a, I I always have like a thousand things going on. In my yeah. Head. That, that, that's something like people don't see mm-hmm. and and they can't visually see over the microphone. Um, uh, okay, rephrase to me what we were talking um, about. Where, uh, what was it? Hmm. Now I forgot. <laughs> oh, man. I feel so bad. No, you're good. <laughs> um, dang. What was I? What did I ask? Okay, so, okay. I, I remember what we were talking about. Okay, so we were talking about the copyright and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Making uh, it better. Somewhere along the line, I remember we had this discussion in bed one night. And we have a lot of deep discussions mm-hmm. about, you know that type of shit and I remember one night we had this discussion about it and we both just kind of said and we both kind of knew about it from the same source I forget where it was like some type of graphic design book or something like that or Mm -hmm. through the grapevine of like other colleagues that we worked with is that if you manipulate manipulate an image more than 50% it's good Mm -hmm. Um, but but that shouldn't just be the the, the stopping point Mm -hmm. You, you should be able to change it so much like Obviously, you know it's Bart Simpson, but it doesn't look like any other Bart Simpson that out I've there. Said, yep, or it correct. doesn't look any other Brandon Stimpy or any other Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. One thing I've done that's been real fun is pop culture mashups. Mm-hmm. How to mash up one thing that people really like a lot with another thing that people mm-hmm. really like a yeah. lot. So like Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein mixed with Brandon Stimpy. Mm-hmm. That shit sold fast. Mm-hmm. When I did Rocky Horror Picture Show and Beavis and Butthead, that shit sold fast fast when mm-hmm. i mixed hip-hop with a t-rex that shit sold and i painted it on a paint palette that mm-hmm. shit sold fast um people like the the ridiculous stuff and like mm-hmm. i said people want the stuff that they can familiarize yeah with. correct well, when you start when you start put plugging in people's favorite bands um or you start plugging in things of the times of the now mm-hmm. holy shit man people eat that up yeah and it seems to be more often than not thank god that's the reason why my business has survived mm-hmm the whole retro aesthetic mm-hmm. everybody wants that 80s look everybody gives a shit about vinyl now mm-hmm. the, the fucking vhs collecting is fucking ridiculous now yeah um and, and I, i'm humble with that because it's like now i can draw this stuff and i don't have to try so hard because it's like this whole wave of people it's like hey man let's just do throwbacks i'm like fuck yeah let's yeah do some there you go <laughs> um kind of wrap things up yeah. Uh, one of the last uh, questions I always ask those who come on here is, even though 10 years seems like a lot, I feel like it goes by quick. Obviously, you don't just like, wow, it's been 10 years since whatever, right? Um, where would you like to see yourself and your art take you in 10 years from now? Um, there was a time when I used to teach art classes mm-hmm. 
I, I used to do a lot of different things. Um, I used to have this like little Wayne's World show with a buddy, mm -hmm. and we used to have different artists on there and stuff. I think it would just be really cool if I could maintain great health. Mm -hmm. I think being a full-time artist, your, your health tends to disintegrate mm -hmm. over time because you're just, you're, you don't really think about like, I'm not saying that we're unhealthy people, mm -hmm. but myself, I don't take the best care of my health mm -hmm. because I'm just trying to do artwork. That's just the most important thing to me because it takes care and provides everything around me. Mm -hmm. It's a product of my environment. Um, I, I, I hope that I'm still banging out murals mm -hmm. up until I'm like 50, 60 years old. I know there's dudes out there that still do it. Yeah. I should have no excuse why I can't. Correct. I hope that I'm still doing artwork. I hope that I can't. I hope that I can still go into the grocery store and not get recognized. There's yeah. a couple times where it's like that, but um, e even at that fam jam, yeah. like it. I, I kind of like it now where people didn't even know it was me mm -hmm. and only then did they know after the fact that I'm making pictures of this and they're like that was you that was you yeah yeah that was me but they're more in awe that the fact that they've known this one guy that does illustration this whole time and now he's out here crushing this 10-foot wall yeah but he never mentions anything to it I'm mm -hmm. like I don't let everybody see the bullets in my gun mm -hmm. I just shoot when I shoot yeah and it I'm also a phantom I show up and then I leave. Yeah. I don't. I don't need this big, you know, oncoming stage presence. I don't do that. I really just humble myself with letting my art do the talking. Let my work ethic do the talking. I come in. I destroy. I leave. Yeah. Um, I. I really just hope that I have that same attitude, and I hope that I still love art the same way I do. It's fluctuated so much over the years. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's been times where I'm like, man, I, what's the point in this? Mm -hmm. I just want to submit and go back to my normal 40 hours. Mm -hmm. But there's just, there's something about being able to get up in the morning anytime you want. Mm -hmm. Go downstairs and create whatever you want at your own ill disposal and realize that there's people out there that genuinely like what you do. Mm -hmm. So you should continue to do, do it. it. Yeah. If I can just do that for another 10 years, I think then I can pat myself on the back. Yeah, if yeah. I can also say that my daughter took, and, and my girlfriend's kids, my boys, all three of them took what I said, and they were just creative little monsters too. Oh my God, that would just be an absolute blessing. It's mm -hmm. just really more, I, I want to see whatever I'm teaching the younger generation, even mm -hmm. the ones that are listening to this podcast now, that even when times get really tough, you really don't give up. You, yeah. you, you're your best friend. You're your worst enemy. 90% of the times it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. Just just put on your favorite album from front to finish and just create. Yeah. It, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it looks like shit. Mm -hmm. If it looks like shit, just close the book and come back tomorrow. It's going to be a completely different face mm -hmm. than what it is. You know, art's kind of a crazy thing because when you're pissed off and you look at a masterpiece, you don't look at it the same way when you're just like chill. Yeah. You know, that's you know, correct. It, it just it's just one of those things. Like, and and, and it's a beautiful thing about artwork mm -hmm. is that it, if it's two dimensional or if it's music 
or if it's someone skateboarding, it's never the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, really like that a sure. lot. Nice. I, I really like that. Um, and I, of course, want to thank you for coming on the podcast and, you know, just sharing your story. And I think it's more than that, just like a conversation, which I think is, I know a lot of people will definitely yeah, uh, love um, to tune it, in. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, th this pod, you know, I can say this here. Mm -hmm. This is the, the first time I've really kind of opened up mm -hmm. to anybody on a public view yeah. since I got sober. Mm -hmm. Um, long before I was sober, I was doing huge shows, yeah, huge art shows, like ridiculous. I, I was having people do open and close three days on a weekend. And, you know, it, it was like the circus. It was yeah. ridiculous. And I, I would expect people to be there the whole time. And mm -hmm. so nowadays I, I'm a little bit more reserved and laid back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, I'm just really thankful for the fact that I could do because it, it could change anytime. Yeah. It, it really could. Um, I'm, I'm more curious where we're going to be in like five years yeah. with things and, uh, you know, how the world's going to be and stuff like that. Mm. And my, my artwork's changed a lot since <laughs> people have become a little bit more sensitive mm. and focused and triggered on yeah. things. So like, um, funny story uh, right before we wrap it up yeah. uh, I, I had this piece that I, I didn't know it was International Women's Day mm. and uh, I, I had this piece that, that was a, a lemon with some female parts smoking a cigarette <laughs> and it said don't be a sourpuss and that was the only time I've ever experienced some serious like public backlash mm -hmm. on my artwork of course, I had friends like, dude, that's the craziest, funniest fucking thing I've ever seen you do. Mm -hmm. But I just want to take the time to apologize because I'm not that way. I'm not a, I'm not a sexist pig. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very, I just, I just wasn't aware that it was International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just wanted to apologize. I have like serious guilt about that because I usually, because like I do VHS mm -hmm. and I do VHS stacks based on holidays. And mm -hmm. that day I wasn't thinking about it because yeah. it was hard. Yeah, it, it was just like when I painted Bart Simpson yellow. Just like, ah, shit. Yeah, correct. Just, you're, you're, <laughs> you're good, man. So, like I said, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast um, and just having a conversation. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing before we do leave, I want you to plug your stuff. Where you want people to find you, anything like that. Uh, now's the time. Um, if you're look, I do all of my artwork and commissions direct. I don't do Etsy. I don't do drop shipment or anything like that. I do have a couple of people whom I go through, but you can get all that information through me on my Instagram. It's just simply all in lowercase, one word, rotten yellow. Um, I My artwork on there is always changing all the time. Uh, sometimes it sells real fast. Sometimes I'll replug it based mm -hmm. on the algorithms. Yeah. Um, but if you just follow me, put on your note, post notification, you get at first hand when a new piece goes up. Um, Facebook's cool and all, but I don't really use that for like fans and stuff like that. I tend mm -hmm. to keep that more from my private personals. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me in Facebook groups. I'm on there. Mm -hmm. You'll see me. But Instagram's a place to go to. Or you can email me at neatfreak2007.com if you need anything. But just usually send me a message and we'll kind of go from there. Um, I'm also in town, um, but I, like I said, I'm also a phantom. So if you need to hear about me, 
I'm pretty sure someone knows who I am and they'll direct you to me. Nice. There well, you Des go. Moines a small town. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, uh, just thank you for everything. Thank you um, for creating those masterpieces and thank you for coming on here. Um, I know definitely I'll be buying a lot more and we'll be working on a lot of new things. New drop right now. It is 148 Thursday uh, 15th. But by the time you're listening to this, um, we'll, you will already see, obviously, the masterpiece that he created for full drop. And of course, I'm going to be, you know, working uh, with him for I can see already a long time just on new projects that we already spoke about. And I'm super excited. So I hope you guys like this um, episode. This is probably the longest episode we've done, but it's truly one that I want everyone to listen to. I, I think, too, with it and not to try to, like, steal a lot of the sale, uh, mm-hmm. wind out of the sale. Um, there's a lot of stuff that didn't get talked about mm-hmm. that plays into why I am who I am and why my artwork takes the toll it does. And I think that that's something when that time comes, Mm -hmm. when when it's appropriate, I should come back on and revisit because there, you know, like when I was telling you earlier on, it was one of those things where, you know, there's some stuff that happened behind the scenes that, you know, I don't talk about. Mm -hmm. It very much plays into a part such as like me being a foster kid and running Mm -hmm. away and getting arrested and all this other shit because people, people love that. They want to know how did you manifest into who you are? Why do you have so many tattoos that you do? Why do you look the way you do? Yeah. And I think people deserve to know that much. Yeah. And, but to also keep it mystique. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll have, um, because we have had with other guests a part, uh, one, two and three. I think that okay. this would be the perfect opportunity to have Absolutely, that. Man. So Absolutely. obviously we're going to have them on uh, again. And I know people, um, even when they, when they saw that original Bart one that you did, mm-hmm. why don't you have them on the podcast? Like I would love to know more about them. So I know yeah. we're going to have more parts uh, for sure. So I want to say again, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. And, uh, thank you. So thank we you. dropped part two, right? There you go. Awesome. Thank you.